Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I um, got this message that I'm going to share with you. I was praying, it was about May time. And um, I had, I was just reading and, and I wasn't getting anything out of what I was reading at the time. You know, when you're reading this, oh, it's a bit dry. And then suddenly this, I had this uh, phrase come into my mind, the Song of Moses. Okay, so I said, all right, let's go look at the Song of Moses. And I know it's in there somewhere. So, um, so I went and read it. And um, the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to use this to look through. I want you to use this to, to see the world through. And I was like, okay, so I better start reading it then. So um, I started reading it and... Um, and I, I want that to be for you too this morning. We're, on a, we're both on a journey. Preparing this message has helped me get into it more. And, and it's just been really life-giving to me. But then as I was preparing, I, I sat down with Trevor and we were just chatting about some stuff. And he goes, you know there is a song of Moses in the book of Revelation as well? I was like, no. <laughs> oh, I know that there is. I must have read it how many times, but it didn't twig. So I read that too. And the Lord has a journey for us to go on. And I want to take it from both, this is those who are taking notes or listening online. You know, Exodus 15 and Revelation 15. It's nice and easy, isn't it? Yeah, nice and easy. So take it and read it, okay? So I'm going to, I'm going to read it through in a minute. But part of the reason, as I was preparing, part of the reason I wanted to share this is because, you know, this house, this, this church, whether you know this or not, you're going to know it in a second, is that we are known for being a seen church, right? And the Lord, it was awoken my heart because I reminded myself of why I started reading this. He wanted me to see through this scripture. He wanted me to see the world through this, this message. And, and I want you to know that the house that you're sitting in right now is a seen church. And, and what God has done in the history of this place has, it, I believe it has had an, a massive impact on the, the culture, the Christian culture, the religious culture, and actually probably the secular culture, in unknown ways that we don't often see. I meet people, I meet people um, who aren't from this church or from other places through work and what have you, and, and they say, oh my gosh, you're from there. And the, the fact that we can talk, you can go to other churches and say, um, you can see in the spirit, or you can, you can um, enter into a heavenly realm, these things are far off. They, they seem wacky to the natural mind, okay? But they have become normalized in Christian environment. I, I, I was talking to a colleague of mine. I'm going on a bit. But I, I was talking to a colleague of mine um, who was very evangelical. You've got to know this is a charismatic church if you haven't had, realized that yet. You, 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 if, you, if this is your first time, we can be a bit weird. We're probably off the edge a little bit of the charismatic world. Like, if there's an edge, we're just off it. <laughs> Accept it. Be yourself. You know, we, we've got to be like that. And, and um, you know, seeing things and um, seeing things in the spirit. And I, I, I'm saying this as, with the caveat. Like, we should be, we should is, we're not having should, but we can be further on than this. Like, like the spiritual realm for us 
should be more normal than it already is. Like, entering into heavenly places, I know that might freak some of us out. Yeah, how do you get there? You know, it should be normal. It should be easier for you in this place than anywhere else. Okay? Because there's history here. It's been built up. Okay? So, I'm saying that as a bit of like, come on, let's go. And I'm saying that as, this is where you are. Yeah? And I'm saying that because I'm on the second line of my notes. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm saying that because we can go there together. And I want to go there together. And I know that the Lord wants you to go there. He's wanting you to come up into a higher place. Or know that really where you stand. That's probably a better way of putting it. So I'm going to read Exodus 15 out. And then let's go, shall we? So... um, I'm going to start from verse 1, and then I'm going to read probably half of it, and then we can just carry on. We'll take it from there. So, uh, I will sing to the Lord. He has triumphed gloriously. The, The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, and the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. He has cho- his chosen captains have been drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them and they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. And your right hand, O Lord, has, been dashed, has dashed the enemy into pieces. And the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who are against you. And you have set forth your wrath. It... It has consumed them like a stubble. And the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together, and the floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue them and overtake them. I will divide the spoil, and my desire shall be satisfied them, satisfied on them, and I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. You blew the wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the, in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among all the gods? Who is like you, um, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them up. In your mercy, you have, you have, in your mercy you have led forth. The people whom you have redeemed, whom you've purchased, that's us by the way, you have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. I have to read this, but it's a good bit. So, the, the people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will overtake the inhabitants of Philistinia, and the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab will tremble, trembling will take hold of them. The inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will be on them all. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as, as like a stone. Your people will pass by, O Lord, until they, the, your people pass over them. Whom you have purchased, you will bring them into and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Okay, so that's what, that was pretty good, wasn't it? I get into it a bit, and it's easy to go off. So I'm going to try and stay on script, okay? So what I'm going to do is I want to take out bits of this, and I want to... We are these people, by the way, just 
clarify. I want to take up bits of this because I believe that the Lord wants us to, to see the world through what he's saying here. Yeah? So in, I just want to pick out some things. So I'm going to jump from verse to verse. But I want to give a bit of a backdrop because what we you've got to imagine Moses on a really dusty step on a cliff face. The, sea, the Red Sea's behind him and there's like, I don't know, a million odd people who've just come through the sea and he's singing this song. It's a good thing to imagine, isn't it? These people, all they've known for 400 years is slavery. Like, these, these people are conditioned to, to not believe in themselves. You know? These people, have all, they haven't been trained in warfare. They haven't been trained how to, to um, fend for themselves because if they were, they would be a dangerous slave. Does that make sense? They've been trotting the mud, making bricks for the greatest empire of the time. This, this empire was strong. They, were, they fed off the slaves, basically. They got the slaves to Korea, everything. And, and these people have been... They, so Moses, we know, the, we know the story of the plagues, right? The plagues judged the gods of that great power. The, every god that was in place in the Egyptian lifestyle, in the Egyptian way of life, their, their secular world, their religious world, it was all one. It was, every single one of them was showed that it had no power. So the it, Israelites come out, the sea parted. I believe that this is a historical document, by the way. I do believe that this is true. And, and these people came out, and Moses is singing this song as to what has happened. Okay, And I want us to put ourselves in that place because... I don't know, I don't, wherever you're from, before you met Jesus, we were a slave, right? We were subservient to those things that we fed. It could have been your own ego. It could have been the money that you thought you needed, and that was what was made, you made you strong. It could have been, you, you pay, you can shout it out if you want, but it no longer rules over you. It's, this is the salvation moment that we live in, and we can continue to live in. Okay, so when he says in verse 1, when he says, the horse and the rider you've thrown in the sea, the enemy that is pursuing you, the, the one that when, <laughs> the enemy that has you trapped and that you're serving, and the vehicle that it uses, let's just talk about that vehicle, the horse that we're talking about in this scripture, that could be the criticism that you face in your, in your office. Yeah, that could, that could be like your neighbor that um, abuses you when you go into your house. Or it could be the sickness that shouts out at you. Does that make sense? It's the vehicle that the enemy uses. So verse, verse 3, I, I do like this one. The, verse 3, it says, the Lord is a man of war. He, he's not sitting down twiddling his thumbs and expecting you to fend for yourself. He, he is active. He's skillful. He knows what he's doing. He knows the land. He knows how he's going to accomplish what he's, what he's out to do. And he's made an enemy of all that is evil and dark. He's made an enemy of all that is trying to kill and destroy your life and trying to make it smaller. I don't want to go ahead of myself too much. But basically, in verse 9, what we've got here, it's really important to know your enemy. Because we can, we can get it mixed up sometimes that it's, oh, it's this person, it's this person. Know your enemy. And, and how you know your enemy is how he sounds. 
Verse 9 is a great, great, great verse to know. It's to know it because you will know the thoughts that you have. Do they, do they sound like this? Do the, does the people who are criticizing me, do they sound like this? Does um, the circumstances around me, do they sound like this? I want you to listen to it again, okay? So what we've got in verse 9, we've got... I'm going somewhere here. I'm, I'm trying not to lift off too much. So, so the enemy said, what did the enemy say? He said, I will pursue you. Do you ever feel like you're being chased? Like, no, seriously, it's, it's, good, it's a good point though, isn't it? Are the debts, are the debt collectors at your door? For real, like, are they knocking at the door? Are the bailiffs sending letters through the door? Ever feel like you're being chased before? Ever feel like, oh, I can't get away from this thing. This thing's bugging me. I will, I will overtake them. Have you ever felt surrounded, felt trapped, felt like I can't get out of this? Whatever it is, I will, I will divide the spoil. Have you ever felt like, and money's a good one for this because it's material and I'm, I'm not accusing anybody. So, um, um, so have you ever felt you haven't got enough? Whenever you get something, it gets divided. That's the enemy at play. Yeah. This, this is, this is the, what it sounds like in our life. Does that make sense? I will draw my sword and I will, I will destroy them. What we've got to understand here is he's, he's exposed himself even in saying that because he's proud and he thinks he's strong enough. He thinks he's strong enough to overtake you. You see, we've got to learn something that um, <laughs> he thinks the battle is being accomplished. That's a weakness he has. I'm just pointing that out. He thinks it's done. He thinks he's going to overtake you, he's going to divide what you've got, and he's going to take it all for himself. You know, sometimes we can see that in the lives of people around us, family members, work colleagues, and we can see it happening to them. Sometimes we can see it happening to ourselves. I know we feel it, don't you? Don't you feel it when there's stuff, oh, I feel really uncomfortable right here. I feel like my my work's getting divided. I don't know what's going to happen to my job. It's this stuff. This is really real for us. But in verse 10, hallelujah for verse 10. Verse 10, it says, your wind blew and they, they sank like lead. You see, the enemy has overcompensated for himself. He doesn't understand really what's going on. And he certainly has underestimated the Lord. Because the Lord comes in and he covers all of those Egyptians that are in your life pursuing you. All of those things that are, are trying to pursue you, whether it be your mental health, whether it be those, th- those thoughts that go deep down inside and you don't know what to do with. The enemy thinks he's won, but he hasn't. The Lord has w- comes, gets those things, and makes them sink like lead. You never have to see them again. Okay, so, so what happens here is that there, it, it, the Lord he does this so effortlessly. He, doesn't, he blows. He doesn't even use his arm. The verse says he blows with his nostrils, I think it was. I think that's always so funny. But like he blows with the, the wind. These things are effortless to the Lord, and you need to know that because you've been purchased by him. You're his. You're no one else's. You're no one else's, but you're his. And it's so easy for him. He, he attends to the freedom, and he does wonders in our lives. Um, so, w- this is the salvation moment. Often we can see this, but this happens all the way through our lives too. But it's going somewhere. 
We've got to understand that the, the, the salvation that the Lord has given us is an unstoppable force. It's like this river of life that never, never, never finishes. It's, it's crystal clear and it's clean. You know, it, it washes away all the dirt. But when we say yes to Jesus and we continue to say yes, what happens is it, no one can stop this. And sometimes, sometimes we're deceived to, to think that something can stop this. Nothing can stop this river. He is so strong and powerful. He wants to completely plow through the darkness in your life. And the more that we say yes, the more that we accept that he is on the journey. You know, I've been a Christian for 38 years. When I said yes at the very beginning, 30, 30, whatever years. Like, when I said yes at the beginning, he continued to, from that point, I didn't even realize. I had no idea. But he continued to let life break in at moments where I thought I was done for, where I thought I was empty, where I had nothing left. We have to understand that, and we can see this not just in our own personal lives, but we can see this in revivals that have been taking place. Where the God, the God, the God of gods, the Lord, where he has broken into certain places and mass salvations, mass miracles, mass signs and wonders, those things. It just doesn't stop there, that, that revival. Like that revival was probably seeded from another move that happened, which was seeded from another move that happened. The river of life is unconquerable. He, it cannot be stopped. And if you say, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this to plow and, and, and cut into the place where you feel hopeless. Because you've got to understand this morning, and me, I've got to understand too. We've got to understand that he is unstoppable in the way that he is. And he is choosing to, to continue and plow through. And I want you to own it. And I want you to see your world through it this morning. That he is so strong. And he can do everything. And he is doing it in your life. And we want to see it more, right? Okay, so this is going on a journey. Just like the people of Israel and just like in this song, it, it's going on a journey. And when we get to verse... Four, no, yes, verse 14, when we get to verse 14, it talks about who they meet on the journey. Now, I want you to understand that, that there are things on the way, what we can see right now, that seem like they can stop us reaching what God has promised to us, or what God has spoken to us. Does that make sense? I don't know about you, but I'm, you know, like, even if it's just life, happening you know they for some of us especially at the moment it could be bills we don't know <laughs> how are they going to get paid this week you know how are they going to get that get sorted out so let me read the verse and we'll go through it a bit more so so when it says okay in verse 14 it says the people heard and were afraid and sorrow took hold of the inhabitants of the philistines and the chiefs of edom were dismayed the mighty men of moab were trembling and they Trembling took hold of them, and the inhabitants of Canaan were melted away. These things are your enemies that stand in your way. They are the things, the, the, things, the checklist that need to happen for, for you to see God break out in your life. Does, let me clarify that a bit more. So sometimes we can come across, I'm going I'm to use Richard because he's in front of me. Some things need to ha take place. For Richard to see what he's believing for. Yes? Yes. He's nodding. And those things have been conquered. 
it is for Richard to walk past them. Because in that verse, it says, it says that they become like stone and it's for us to pass by. Not to focus on them. Because what's happened is, when you said yes to Jesus and he broke into your life and salvation, what we call salvation, took place, that thrust into your future. And it took hold of everything that stands in the way and tries to oppose what, what goodness and light and graciousness and wonder and awe. It just, it just broke through the enemy. And the enemy can't do a thing about it. In actual fact, what you've got to understand is everything that opposes you is afraid and scared. And they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah? He's done it already. It is for us to, to walk on by. He's a good God, you know. And he's done it. This is a different perspective because I know, I know it can feel like, well, it's not what I see. Well, if that is happening in your mind right now, then it's time for us to change how we see. Yeah? The Lord is going to help us with this this morning. Hallelujah. So, I want to go to to, uh, Revelation chapter 15. Because there is also a song of Moses. But this song of Moses is called the Song of Moses and the Lamb. Wow, so it's Jesus involved as well. That's good news. He was involved with the other one, but this is more over. So, so that is the people of Israel in chapter Exodus, Exodus 15. And this is, the, this is Jesus has died. He's been crucified. The backdrop of this is, is that um, uh, John is having this revelation as this whole book is, is full of revelation. Now, I don't want us to be confused and it's very easy in the book of Revelation to be distracted by some of the, the pictorial language. But, okay, so I'm going to read it out and then we can come back to it. Okay, so I'm going to take it from verse 2, okay? So verse 2, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who had victory over the beast, over its image, and over its mark, or the number, um, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, and they were singing the song of Moses and the servant of God and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvellous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for you, all the nations shall come to you and worship you and the ju- for, the judgments that you, for the judgments have been manifest. And it goes on there. Now, I just I don't want you to be scared about judgment here. God has judged sin. Yeah? He's judged the darkness. He's judged everything that is evil and demonic. We just don't hang on to that darkness anymore. Yeah? We just don't let that darkness have a place in us. Does that make sense? So the journey, we hang on to Jesus. Sometimes it's a scary ride, yeah? But like we, I just I want to clarify that before we start explaining that, and also I want to just explain in Revelation chapter fifteen how um, when we talk about a sea of glass, these people who he's talking about in the chapter of chapter four of the book of Revelation, we have a sea of glass there too. We can refer that there. It's a throne room. It's very close to the throne. What we're talking about is these people are right next to Jesus. 
the, the, the geographical location of these people, they're really close to the throne and, and the outworking of God. Okay? Also, one thing I want to note. Okay, when we talk about the beast, what, what on earth is that? Right? Think of the world, all its systems. All of the systems. Just think of all of the, the, the carnal, um, ungodly world that is prevalent right now. Okay? Because this is just as relevant in our lives as it was John's. And people at that time recognized that it was very much the Roman Empire was the beast. Yeah. The sources for that, if you, if you want questioning that, N.T. Wright does some great breakdown of it, and I'm not going to do that now. Okay? So, so what we've got to understand is, what's the beast, what's its image, and what... I want, because I want to stand there. I want to stand on that sea of glass. And actually, the truth and the reality is, is that we're seated in heavenly places. We're above all this. It is true, that's where we're sitting. These guys are standing. I'm happy to stand. But I want to own everything in front of me. Everything I see, this has come underneath him, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Does that make sense? I'm not going to be waved and tossed around all the time. I want to know that the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, I'm standing right next to him. So, the beast, think of the world and all its systems. The, the image of the beast, well, how does it portray itself? And, and um, I'm going to an extreme in explaining this, but um, I was talking to someone this week uh, and previous weeks for about a couple of months I've been talking to him. And he's, um, he's coming to terms with that. He's a, an alcoholic, right? He didn't, he didn't know that before. He just thought, he, oh, he drinks a lot. And um, the... He came to terms with the fact that he, he does drink and he needs the drink and he can't do anything out without it. And this is in a secular setting, okay? So, um, so I was talking to him and I, I got talking to him one time and I, I said, so what is it that you hear before you get that next can or that next drink? He goes, well, it just takes the edge off. It tells me that if I do that, I will be fine. And I will be satisfied. And that craving will go away and I can go back to normal, feeling normal. I'm like, okay. Okay, so how does that happen each time? Is that true? So every time you have a drink, does that happen? Are you satisfied? He goes, never. So I said, okay, so is that telling the truth? No. Okay, so what we've got there, take that, take that example, is the beast, as much as the image is portrayed to you, it's a liar. Yeah, yeah. If you think you're going to be satisfied by what you see, and I, I hate you saying this, but what you see on your phone or whatever, okay, social media, I have to say it, it's said everywhere, but what you see on it, it's a great medium to see what's going on. Oh, how can I be more satisfied? I don't know about you, but I see people who are telling me that they're happy because they got several million pounds, they got a nice Lamborghini on the drive, they've got... <laughs> They've got like nice clothes, they're going to this holiday, they're getting their plane. I know by looking at them then they're not happy. They're not satisfied inside. This, so that's the image, yeah? The image that is portrayed to you, I'm letting you know is a lie right now, okay? And the, and the, the number or the market says, that is the identity that we take on in it or anybody may take on. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when we come to, coming back to the chapter, 
when we come back to this, we can say those people who are standing on this sea of glass, who are standing in heavenly places, who are able to overcome all of that, they, they have not given into this worldly system. So, okay, so I, I need to make this more tangible for us because I want us to see differently. I want us to see, um, as we should see, I guess. Now, I, know about you, I don't know about you, but I need to see more and more and more and more like this because it brings peace in our lives. The fruit of obedience right, is, is always peace. It's always joy. It's always goodness. It's always kindness. Jesus is, is the only way where life really flows. It is. I, I don't know how to put it any clearer than that. It is. And so the further we, we can see what the true reality is, the better, right? So in, in 1 John chapter 5, 5, it talks about how, it ha- talks about how our faith has overcome the world. Okay, it says, who, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes in Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Nice and clear. And... Um, I want to, at this point, I want to share a couple of testimonies, a couple of things that have happened in my life that might try and kind of help engage. How can I overcome? Because this is a place this morning that we can overcome. I, it, I didn't plan it, but, and these guys didn't know what I was sharing about, but the, the prophetic words this morning, God is clearly trying to tell us something. He's true, clearly trying to tell us that it's time to overcome you're a strong people. You may not be hundreds of people, thousands of people in this room, but actually you're a strong people who are able to overcome and how, how you can take um, hold of your life and own it. And not only that, but spread this river of life all over the place and it can get really messy in a really great way. Yeah? So um, I, I, <laughs> this is, I'm using these examples is because... Um, uh, there's a connection with church and what have you. So, um, and it gives a, just a connection so you can understand what I mean. Yeah. So, um, a, way, a way I overcame is, so I came to this church back when I was 18. That was a long time ago. Got a lot more grey hair since then. And, um, and I, I want to share this because up until that point, um, I, I, there was an expectation that, that I... And I don't think anyone gave it to me other than what I saw around me. It was fed into there. That's probably it. Um, and I, I finished school. I need to do something with my life, right? So I needed to do something with my life. And, um, I, you know, the options to me were either university or the army, basically. I, I would have fitted really well and comfortably in the army, I think. And it would have been an easy lifestyle for myself. It, I come from an army family, so I kind of knew what to expect. And uh, they could help me anyway if they wanted to. So, and, and then the other thing is that I needed to go to the university. Like, I needed to be educated. It's a good thing to be educated, by the way. But I knew I was dyslexic, and, and that would have been hard work. And would I have come out with something that is meaningful that I really wanted to do? And I had no passion for anything. You know, there was no, no drive to go to uni. Um, and um, what happened one day is my dad used to work... For for Trevor, um, they used to do drug, drug rehabilitation in the 90s and the early noughties. And, um, and he said, well, you don't know what to do. Why don't you just try this? And he got, he got, he got, just got a, the application form. He got, just plonked it on the table in front of me. He goes, there's, an app, there's a school, Trevor's doing a 
a ministry school in Dudley. And as soon as he plonked it on the table, I lost what he was talking about. My dad was just talking about, oh, it's great, do this, do that, do whatever. And I just saw this piece of paper and I knew I had to go. There was this, there was this thing inside me that that's, that's where I needed to be. That whatever that is, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't even read the piece of paper, got to be honest. I, I just said, yeah, okay, that's good. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm here. So, so what happens is I, I follow that unction of the Holy Spirit. And um, I came to a place called Dudley. And we, there was a different building the church had at that point. And um, I came and I volunteered for three years. Like I was just volunteering for three years. I lived upstairs. And um, I was, I would just followed the Lord, remember? Like th- there was just a place of um, complete obedience. It was like I don't really want anywhere else. I'd given my life to Jesus previously, a couple of years before. Um, I came and God had done doing some stuff inside me, really just awoken my heart. Okay, so I came here and um, I was cleaning. Like, I I was following Trev everywhere he went traveling, but in between that I was cleaning. We were doing janitorial stuff. What that means is cleaning the toilets, cleaning in there, in there, in there, even the cupboards behind that you didn't see, cleaning in around the corner. And, And I don't know about you, but... But the thing is, the reason I'm saying this is because that's a nothing and nowhere job to everybody else. It is, it is like we don't aspire often to be a cleaner or a janitor, right? But I knew, and, I, and that's not all that I was doing, right? I was, I would, Trev really gave me the privilege of, of just following them everywhere, serving them. And I, we were going to all over the world, which was great. But whenever, this is the funny bit for me. Whenever I used to go back to people who weren't in this environment, sometimes family, it would be like, you're where? You're doing what? Why? Okay. So they would stop talking to me. I, I, the conversation went really dry. Like these people, I, they're family often. And friends, lost, loads, lost all my friends. Like in the cast was, was, it was all in, you know? And, and I'm saying that to you because... I believe I overcame at that point. I believe that I chose not to go on to the systems. Now, I'm not telling you to go to a church and clean all of the stuff. You need to follow Holy Spirit. And you need to, and this is how we overcome. We are are led by the Holy Spirit. We we listen intently to where he's going. And he's gracious enough to show us the way. And if we get it a bit wrong, he can give us a nudge and we can go the right way. Does that make sense? This is how we overcome. It's it's like, this is no super secret, but we are to look only like this. I want you to throw your vision out the window as to how you got to here. Because some of us might be trying to be something or someone that you really shouldn't need to be. But, But the Lord wants you to know him. The Lord wants you to journey with him. And he wants you to overcome all of the dark stuff that has been holding you back. So another, another testimony, it's more of an internal one. So at, a few years into working, um, working coming to the, the church, I, um, it was so weird how it happened. And it, the unseen realm is a bit weird. It doesn't work how we work, does it? And um, suddenly this one, this one day, okay, so a bit of context, sorry. 
uh, rewind a bit. The youth of the church at the time consisted of me and Orion and Ellie, and that was about it, wasn't it? can't remember anyone else if they were I'm sorry <laughs> like, like and I lived upstairs in the Grace Centre and remember I'd just given all my friends away right I hadn't given them away they didn't want to know <laughs> let's just be honest <laughs> they didn't want to know what I knew um, and, and that was okay um, but suddenly I, I never really felt very lonely but I this thing came on me it was like I was so alone like I felt deeply alone and afraid, not afraid so much, but it, fear comes with it, right? And um, I don't know whether I let it in or it was on me. It was probably a bit of both, you know? And I, I felt really low, but low, low, low. And I know some of you can, can witness to this. That's why I'm saying this testimony, right? And I knew enough about my relationship with Jesus that this wasn't part of it. I knew... I knew that the relationship he intended to me have was full of life and it wasn't dark and it wasn't hopeless you know and there was this hopelessness that set in and i just i just said to myself i'm i'm not having this i can't have this this isn't what i was this isn't what i've given myself for like i haven't spent my life to this point to be in this state and um I went to my room because I had nothing else to do, by the way. I had no one else to mix with. <laughs> I wasn't. Anyway, it doesn't, because these two were engaged, by the way. So good luck with that one. You know, they, no one saw them. But anyway, whatever. So, um, <laughs> but they're happily married. It's good. It was a good result. And um, so I, was, I just went to my room and um, I just said, Lord, I had no other option other than to, to say, Lord, I need your help here. I need your help here. And I returned, next day went, I returned back to the room and I just said, Lord, there has to be something else other than this. This isn't good enough. This isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. And I started to really, it came out of myself that this is not my inheritance as to this relationship, according to this relationship. This isn't being an overcomer. Now, I could have stayed there. I could have, I could have said, this is my lot and this is what I'm happy with. But where would that have led me? I'll tell you where it led me. It led me to an addiction, probably. It led me to somewhere where I would close off the world and not give anyone any life. I would probably try and be um, a massive attention seeker and all that that brings because I'm trying to feed off other people. Does that make sense? And we see, we know it in our own lives. I don't know about you, but I recognize it in my own life. And I consistently said to the Lord, this is not enough and this is not good enough for me because you promised me what... You have said, you said, you said in John 15, you said, I'd never leave you as an orphan. And it's true, he would never, oh, very emotional. <clears throat> so, he would never leave us as an orphan. Never. And his word is true, it's sharp. It cuts into the, into the bits of us that we, we can't do ourselves. It, it parts the Red Sea when we need it. It overcomes the Edomites and the Philistines. I can't focus on this darkness that is suddenly around me. And I went in one room. I went in one room. I went in one time to my room. I said, this is not, this, I, this is not good enough. And I, I need and I require what our relationship has in store for me. 
And you know what? It broke off me. This, what it, when it came out, when it got off, it doesn't matter. I was free, right? I was free. So, so it is because I required of the Lord what He promised. It breaks open something in our lives. Yeah. This is us this morning. I know. I talk to people. It's my living to talk to people. I know us enough. I've been here enough that I know that we struggle with things. All of us. Different places, different ways. But you are an overcoming people. And this morning, and I know that there are challenges. I'm not, I'm not making light of. I know that we are sick at times. And I know at times we are overwhelmed by what, I, what I've shared. What, what you, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> You're you. <laughs> yeah. But I want you to see differently. I want you to see this morning. I want to paint the picture that there is freedom for you. Because we have two options available to us. And the first option is that the, the Philistines are too strong for us. And they're too many. The Edomites are too powerful for us. They have too many weapons against us. We can focus our attention on these things. Or we can say... I've overcome these Midianites, Philistines, Canaanites, whatever it might be in your life, we have the ability to pass by them because the Lord has silenced them with his wonders and with his light, even though you don't see it. And I'm here to say to you, if you've chosen Jesus in your life, he has gone before you and he has overcome those things and they are afraid of you. I'm saying to you this morning, be of courage. Take up yourself and be bold. But Tom, I don't know where to get this from. I don't know where to go. Well, I'm telling you this morning because you can come and receive it this morning. You can come and receive the change of heart this morning. You can come and receive the eyes to see this morning. Because this affects, by the way, everything that we see. We say we, say we see in the supernatural. We say we see angels or heavenly things. This affects how we see that. It taints the whole picture. You are to see as an overcomer. You are, I believe, to sit on that or stand in heavenly places and see as it truly is that he has overcome for you and you can take the winnings. The terms of Jesus are that he's gracious and kind and faithful and he provides for you. These are his terms. As soon as we receive that, everything else, everything else, that says, I will divide what you've got. You need less. You need, or you, you need poverty. You need sickness. All of it is darkness and it's a lie. Yeah. And as long as it takes, I'm saying to you, push in. Have faith. Overcome. Because it's yours. It's yours this morning. And, and so that is pretty much the message. Okay? So this is the part for the ministry time. So, Father, we come to you. We come to you in Jesus' name. Because it's so powerful and it's so strong. And we come to you because we know that we need what you've got. And we want to come under your banner this morning. We want to come under your umbrella of righteousness and goodness and cleanness. And, and lightness where there is heaviness. And peace where there is chaos. Father, I ask for eyes to see this morning. I ask that you might give us eyes to see the true reality of what you've got for us. Yes. 
I ask, Father, that you would give us a new heart this morning, not one of fear or timidity, but one of boldness, courage, full of faith. Lord, I thank you that you're a faithful God. And I thank you that your word cuts deep into us and you can operate just as we need. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.